What's good, guys? It's your host, Adrian Evans. Welcome to the Black Wealth Media Podcast, where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and we talk about how we can create wealth and build legacy within the black community. Let's get into this episode. Hey, what's going on, man? You doing all right? Can you hear me good? I'm doing good, man. How do I sound? Yeah, you sound good, man. Can you hear me? Cool. Yeah, I can hear you. You sound good. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, man. Uh, Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast, guys. I have a special guest here, Josh Gilliam. He's the CEO of Ascension Athletics. Um, This man got it out the mud. He started off uh, in a park and gradually made his way to open his own fitness center. So, um, won't you give us a little bit of background on yourself, Josh? Pre- you said your background? First off, yeah. man, I just want to say appreciate you for having me on here, man. You know, yeah. uh, no problem, man. And uh, about my background. So I, I went to uh, how far back you want me to go? <laughs> uh, man, hey, uh, you could go as far as, you know, graduating college. Um, like, make what was your next move? Cool. Let's start there. So I started out bodybuilding in college. So I started my... I think it was like 2013 I was 19 yeah. and um did about a year um turned pro at 20 got my first magazine cover at 21 that was how I first got into fitness and everything else but then after I graduated uh from Winston-Salem State 2016 fall 2016 um with an exercise physiology degree I couldn't find a job and I always wanted to build a chain of gyms so I had to start out in the park and pretty much from there, I pretty much was trying to get to the point where I was in a studio, but I saw it was a lot more difficult than just going about training clients and building a business. So from there, I hit a little dry spell for a while there, you know, got a little bit depressed and, you know, had to figure out a way. So I started reading books and started buying courses, doing what I could to try to get myself ahead and after reading books and stuff like that, I started to learn the difference between entrepreneurs that conduct training to make money or really any industry for that matter. And people that go into that industry as an actual worker. And that's when over the next nine months, I was able to actually get in my first studio. Uh, well, actually I skipped a step. I was able to afford to be able to get in a brick and or get in a, a subleasing location. And after I got my subleasing location, I outgrew that and opened up my first fitness studio wow that's dope man so um when it came to uh you know like training in the parks um like how was that as far as you know keeping clients and just picking up clients like what was that it was tough man like so i'll tell you what keeping clients the, the part that made it tough is when you're building a business so many entrepreneurs when they're first starting out try to build the business based off of people and you have to build the business based off of systems and processes. That's what runs the business and you run the systems and processes. So I didn't have that, that business acumen to be able to know how to actually retain clientele, to be able to market, to get clientele and everything else. Um, Of course, COVID hit us right now. So, I mean, I think everybody's losing a lot of business, but that's the biggest problem with a lot of fitness trainers is, you know, not knowing how to actually, retain the clientele knowing the actual business side of things Mm, okay okay and um 
Like, what would you say are some of the things you, uh, you know, like clients? <clears throat> what would you say? You said, what would you say? What? Um, what would you say are some of the keys to retaining content and getting people to, you know, want to actually do business with you? So that is actually a lot different than what most people think. Retaining business and retaining clientele really in any business, but specifically the fitness business, creating that community and being able to get people around other people. We as humans have four um, psychographics, and that's for those of you who don't know, psychographics are the reasons that we buy. One is that we'll save money. One is that we'll make money. And the other is that we'd like to be around other people. And the fourth one is this, that I forgot the fourth one, but those are the three that I can remember. We like to save money. If it can save us money, if it can make us money, or if we could be around other people. Um, but that is the thing to actually retaining clientele, gaining more clientele through word of mouth and other things. It's just being able to actually create a community and solve problems. That's the biggest thing is solving problems. And usually the problems aren't just a one-way streak of just losing weight or you know, just what most people think it is. You got to open up your brain to see some people just want to be around other people. Some people just want to relieve stress. So being able to actually have your mind open to see what it is that really makes things tick for different people. Okay. Okay. And, and, um, so like, but when it comes, when it comes to stuff like that, you know, just seeing, um, how things are for different people, what was that process like? Like, did you have to do, you know, surveys or, um, did you just actually have to like, just ask people for me? So for me, learning what, for me, learning how to read what kinds of the, the categorize the problems that people have, it wasn't really surveys. It was really from just listening to people to from, a, a, you know, observing people. Um, a big key to business is to get out of your own head and start to look at things uh, as if you're not even there. So if you look at most, if you talk to most people when they first start business, it's a me to you scenario or a me to you situation or what can you do for me or how much money can I make? But what allows you to be able to progress a lot faster, like a lot faster, is not even a me to you. It's more of a my business and my customers, and I'm looking over it, like almost as if like you're looking at the world, like a globe. Mm, okay. And it's like, what can I place here? That might be hiring somebody. That might be doing whatever you need to do because business is nothing but leadership, and that's pretty much all it is. So. You have to be able to actually look at the business, see what your customers need. And that's when you start observing, oh, you know, she comes here because she's stressed out. Mm -hmm. She comes here because she wants to be around other people. She comes here because after talking to her, she's had a lot of insecurities when she was a kid. And, you know, she's still got some problems feeling like she's overweight or feeling like, you know, people picked on her because she was always overweight in school. So that's why she's scared to eat. And so you start to really actually see things for what they are. Wow, that that's that sounds like you know that sounds different than you know from what I've seen because it's basically like it goes deeper than somebody just wanting to lose weight. It mm -hmm. um it just it, it seems you know what from the way you say it, it just sounds like you know like I said it's deeper than just losing weight. It's it's a it's probably a mental thing. Sometimes it's just a mental thing. I think yeah most trainers they they just see that oh he just wants to lose weight. Hundred um, percent, and it might be more than that. So that, that's pretty dope, man. I, I've never, um, you know, I never looked at it like that. I never heard of somebody actually 
looking yeah. at the deeper issue. And I think that's definitely how you can um, get more clientele. That's pretty dope. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, that's dope, man. So, um, like, what what would you say, you know, since being an entrepreneur, um, what would you say are, are lessons that you've learned along the way? Lessons that I've learned is uh, that it's a, it's a, it's a personal improvement journey. You have to be really improving yourself constantly. When you have a job, you're not necessarily having to improve yourself. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, you know, step on anybody's toes that has a job, but the improvement and the way you have to see yourself and handle yourself is completely different than being an entrepreneur. One, because when you start business, like I said, you're usually looking at it as a me to you scenario. Yeah. You know, you have a job, your boss comes and tells you that you need to do something or, you know, it's usually like a me to you scenario. But once you start a business, all your insecurities, all your weaknesses are exposed because everybody's coming to you. They're asking you for this. They're asking you for that. And you have a lot of work you got to do. You have to look at yourself as a man or woman in a mirror and you have to look and see, all right, what are they asking me to do? Is this something that I should do? And what needs to happen to make this vision come into play? Uh, you had said I'm the CEO of Ascension Athletics. I also have a couple of other businesses. And you have to just change the way that you view money. You have to change the way. You have to pretty much look at your entire past and identify what, what you've been taught and what's going to get you to where you want to get to. Mm, okay, okay. And, and you said you have some other businesses. What, what other businesses do you have, man? So I have an e-commerce business, and I also uh, do real estate. I have a real estate okay. business. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, let, let's expand on that. How, how did you uh, get into e-commerce and uh, real estate? <clears throat> so e-commerce is funny. It's funny that you say it. So, all right, e-commerce was pretty much, at the time, I'll just be 100% transparent. I remember I used to be talking to a whole bunch of older people. Yeah. And this is when I had a lot of limiting beliefs when I was first getting into business. And they were saying, you know, you know, oh, because of the color of your skin, they'll, they'll hold you back and this and that. And they won't be able to give you a loan and all these different things. Right. So I'm thinking, all right, well, I, I can outsmart them. I can always get it behind the computer. I could start an e-commerce store. I could do, you know, because yeah. you don't know who's behind that site. You don't know who's behind that product. Um, so that's how that came about. And um, plus the the amount of scale that you can get on e-commerce just because of the fact that, you know, you could be everywhere at once. Right. Which when business owners and entrepreneurs understand that, that's when they can really actually grow a business. Real estate came about because I saw 2020 being a rough year. I mean, if you look at history, every 80 years we have a really rough period and every 10 years we have a rough year. And this was the year for both. You know, back in 2009, we had the recession. You know, in 2001, we had 9-11. So those are about nine to 10 years apart uh, right there. So if you look at 2020, I knew something was coming around the corner. So I I hopped into real estate uh, because I knew when stuff gets bad, you know, the market, real estate market, all that stuff is a a transfer of wealth. That's what a lot of people don't understand. So I got into real estate because I saw it coming. And that also helped me to be able to leverage a lot of other things during this time. Wow, that's that that is dope, man. That is super dope. Um, so I mean, how like what what type of books do you read? Um, that you know enable you to, uh, you know, have such a powerful mindset. The first book that I read, um, was um, E Myth. 
It was EMIF. And um, that was more so. So for mindset, EMIF wasn't really for mindset. EMIF was really for um, learning. It, it, it pulled the curtain back and allowed me to be able to see what business is versus what it's shown. Um, as far as mindset goes, I've always been a big thinker. I've always um, kind of seen the world as my own. Yeah. But, you know, in school, I didn't really I didn't really care that much about school because I already knew what I kind of wanted to do. And uh, I knew I really didn't want to have a job. So mindset wise, I always had the mindset, but I was a little bit confused because of how school wires us to think about going into business or about our worldview in general. Right. So I remember one day I just got out of like a breakup or whatever. I was depressed. And I remember I, would, I had, you know, flipped open the laptop and I was logging on. I was watching a YouTube channel and it was Patrick Bet David. And he had this huge company or whatever. And for me, I felt like I could relate, you know, because he had a very low GPA. Like I said, I didn't really take school that serious. I had a low GPA and I saw that he had, you know, done some big things. So that allowed me to be able to see, like, it broke some limiting beliefs, like, yo, you can actually do some stuff. Yeah. So that allowed me to be able to actually, I started following his content and I started, you know, trying to do the best I could and stuff. And, you know, he was the one that actually said, yo, you have to read books. You have to read books. And when I saw that he was saying that and I saw the results that he had, that's immediately what I did. I started reading about eight to 10 books a month. Mm. and just getting as much knowledge as I could. That's what I did. I used to just stay up like all night just doing research, reading books, getting knowledge. You know, even Mark Cuban says you need to know the most. If, if anybody in your industry knows more than you in your vicinity, like close in proximity, mm -hmm. then you're you're screwed. It's not it's not going to work depending on what size of business you're trying to build. But that's pretty much how I got into it. Wow. OK. OK. That's dope. man. You, you dropping gems, man. Dropping gems. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so like, you know, as far as the, the fitness business, um, what, like, what did it take, you know, to, uh, let's see, what, 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 what kind of question? Um, okay. So what did it take to, you know, market your business? Like, um, pretty much how, how were you able to do it when you were in the park and, um, and then, you know, how were you able to do it now? So in the park, all I did was just pretty much record it and put it on social media. Okay. And that's how I did it. Uh, but, I mean, it didn't really get as much traction as it needed. Literally, from me going to the park to the subleasing location was literally me just saving a little bit of money and doing what I could to get ahead. Okay. Um, but when it comes to going from the subleasing location to actually signing a lease for a studio, that was a different ball game because I had a start. I had just bought a, uh, I had bought a course about fitness business, building a fitness business. And that course was what allowed me to really be able to start getting more leverage and stuff like that. So I started um, running specials, like refer a friend and get half off the next month. And then pretty much that, that's what started getting some stuff to, you know, go and stuff like that. And then I started learning how to like sell and, you know, negotiate yeah. things of that nature to actually sign up clientele and having a, a, more of a business owner entrepreneur perspective versus self-employed yeah okay because that's a very big difference yeah that that yeah actually um recently that you know that's something i've learned um uh, you know when when you're self-employed you, you're just hustling you're working for yourself you don't mm -hmm. have to answer anybody 
um, instance to anybody, but you know, when you're uh, an entrepreneur, you're employing people and you're responsible, you're a leader. Um, so yeah, man, that, that that's pretty dope. Um, what would you say has been like your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? Favorite aspect. I think the favorite aspect of mine of being an entrepreneur is the, the, it's not always fun in the moment, but the joy that you get and the, the fulfillment that you get that slowly builds up because you're, like I said, it's a self-improvement journey. So you're starting to really learn how to compartmentalize your emotions. You're starting to learn how to think about things, how to actually look at the world a certain way. And that's what allows you to be able to become more fulfilled. Mm, okay. 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 That's dope. Um, when, okay. When did you know, like, when it came to, um, like making money, when making was money the first month that you said, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really doing this my, my own. I'm really doing this my own. Like what, what, what month was that? Like, when was that? How did you feel when you, when you thought about that? When I started making money, how did I feel? I felt pretty good. I mean, it, it so I felt pretty good, but at the same time, I knew I wanted more uh, because when you first start making money, it's, it's an exciting feeling. Don't get me wrong. It's a very yeah. exciting feeling. But when I actually started to see how deep the curtain goes and how to actually build a business and build wealth, I immediately got even more hungry because I was working for earned income, but the, the, the key is to build passive income. And that was um, I started seeing that building clientele and the business that I was in wasn't the, the key goal of how I was going to get to where I was trying to do, which is build a chain of gyms. Yeah. So it was an exciting feeling, you know, getting that first client. But then you immediately want more. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel like when you want more, do you feel like that's being greedy? Um, like, how, how do you feel about wanting more? Some people would say that. What would you say? They say, yeah. So that's partially what I was saying, too, though, with, like, learning how to think about things. Because I think that we're wired to think that. Like, you know, mm. if you want more, you're being greedy. And I, I did used to start. I did start feeling like that, you know. Um, but then you start to see, like, nah, man, that's not being greedy. You want the best that you can have for your future family, for those around you, to be able to employ people, to be able to provide jobs, you know. Um and that's what, you know, it took me a while, you know, to, to, to be able to actually feel confident and comfortable about wanting to make more money, about actually wanting to say, yo, I don't want to be just a self-employed entrepreneur. I want to build a business. Like, I want to go up to my customers and say, let's build this thing together. Like, how about you become a trainer? What's up, guys? I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, I want you to take a screenshot of yourself listening and I want you to tag at underscore the Black Both Media Pod. That'll be a big help as far as getting the message out. Also, I want you to go ahead and leave a five star review and go ahead and subscribe. And let's get back to the show. How about you go open up another location? How about me delegating tasks to you? That's what allowed me to be able to not feel bad about it because the mission. And what I'm about is about serving other people. That's how you actually become a leader in the first place, because you're serving other people. It's not the people who are just feeding into you. So that's what allowed me to feel better about it. Gotcha. 
and, and like how, how long did it take for um your mindset to you know think like that like what was that process like it goes slowly over time so you always i feel like we as humans always have the answer i've always said this to people like i feel like we always have the answer but what happens is it takes a while for it to come to the forefront of your conscious mind like mm-hmm. the subconscious knows you know what you need to do but it takes a while for it to, for that for that rewiring to actually you know happen and for you to actually start acting on it so it i always knew it but it, it took me about i'd say about honestly man six months ago so okay. about two years okay to get to where i was actually pulling that out of myself and actually starting to actually apply the knowledge okay and okay. once i did that i started making a lot more money okay um so you know whenever you read books you know um a lot of the stuff that you learned did this like after you finished reading that book, did that stuff immediately hit you or did some of that stuff that you learned in the books that you've read, did that, you know, come later on? Like, you know, you would say you were in a situation and you just thought, man, I read about this. Like, did that ever happen to you? That's exactly what happened. So you would, you read. And I was telling the guy the other day, cause he was like, yo, how long does it take to read a book? And I'm like, in school, they teach us to just read it, just do it. But the thing is, you have to reread those books. You know what I'm saying? Repetition is key to being able to have mastery. And I would read it, and then I would read it again. And slowly, slowly, it would come to the, the forefront of my brain. I would be able to actually act on it, apply that knowledge at will, and actually become that person to actually act on that. So it took, it takes a while. You know, it's, it's not just an immediate thing. Some stuff is immediate, but... I feel like the deeper and deeper you go, you know, when you actually talk about the building phase, um, that stuff takes a while. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, there's always that aspect <clears throat> of fear. Um, how do you feel about fear and, and how do you deal with it? It never goes away. Um, you have to just learn how to rewire the way you feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because usually we're taught that fear means it's something we shouldn't do or, you know, think worst case scenario. But you have to learn how to compartmentalize your emotions and separate, you know, what are you fearful of? What is it that you think is going to happen? And then as a leader, go to, you know, a leader of yourself. But not only that, leader of other people, if you employ people, what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen? You know, mm-hmm. okay. so that's that's how you have to actually turn to look at because. Half the time we just we're we're fearful, but it's like you sit down and actually draw out why. Mm. What's gonna happen? Do you think you're gonna die? You're gonna go homeless? If you actually sit down and like draw it out, most of the time you'll see that I'm just a little bit fearful, but it's not much that's gonna really happen, worst case scenario wise. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, so you know, as far as you know, fear, what would you say to somebody that um you know, they want to, they want to, uh, let's say they want to get on social media and they want to start posting, but they're afraid because they think they look ugly or they just think they're too fat or just too skinny or like, what would you say to that person? I say they should just do it mm. because when you start to act, you start to become. Oh, okay. Okay. So you should do it because once, yeah, once you start to act, you start to become. Facts. Facts. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Who would you say is your biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration. Mm, that's a tough one because I don't really have. So my biggest inspiration 
I wouldn't say it's a person. I'd say my biggest inspiration or my biggest driving factor is the cause that I'm about, which is spreading knowledge specifically through, you know, un, unserved communities, the African-American communities, uh, people that don't really have the knowledge. That's my biggest, my biggest driving factor is actually what makes the difference between people that start to actually get ahead in life and do for others and people that just kind of just are there, you know? Yeah. That kind of just fell into what school wanted to push you through that funnel, you know? So that's, that's my biggest driving factor. I've been trying to figure that out for the longest. And yeah. I'm slowly starting to see, you know, what's happening, why it's happening and what we can do about it. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's dope. That's dope. Um, you know, as far as being a leader, what do you think are, you know, let's say the top five characteristics need to be a great leader? Top five characteristics you need to be a great leader? Yes, sir. You need to be decisive. You need to be confident. You need to learn how to delegate. You need to learn how to have courage. And you also need to learn how to think strategically. In mm. idiosyncratic thinking, you have to learn how to actually think about things. Now, now you said idiosyncratic thinking. Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? What is that? So that basically is no matter who tells me something, no matter how successful, no matter how credible they are, I'll always question it. No matter, mm. you know, with the news, with the whole COVID going on, it doesn't matter if it looks good. You always first case scenarios. All right, let me check. Let me check and see, because as a leader, you got to remember, man, like if you're over people and the first thing something happens and then the first thing you do is just like okay yeah they said this what kind of leader are you you're leading people but yet you just took somebody you know what i'm saying so you have to learn how to actually be like you have to have a filter information needs to go through a filter it shouldn't just go straight through the funnel it has to filter itself like all right let me make sure this is good let me think for myself critically to make sure that this is actually a fact and you'll find that once you start to learn how to think like that you'll start to be able to filter stuff and not necessarily that it's not true, but you start to actually move a, a different way. I definitely feel that. Um, I think that's, that goes back to, you know, not being, I guess, a, a sheep and, you know, thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel that, man. Like I have, you know, like for instance, my, my mother-in-law, she's just like that. Um, you know, somebody could say something and, you know, there might be a middleman that delays the message, but, you know, she'll go straight to the like, it make sure just, just to get clarity for herself. Yeah, um, for so, sure. Yeah, I definitely. You got to. That, definitely. Um, that's cool, man. So, you know, in the life, in, in your life right now, you know, what is the typical day like when you have to manage a, um, a fitness company, you know, e-commerce and, and real estate, you know, what, what's like for you um can you hear me good or you break am i breaking up on you yeah i can hear you yeah okay so now my life uh since covid happened fitness hasn't really been happening we've been doing just online yeah but managing the three the way i view it is not necessarily going to do the work but managing you know so i have a couple of vas that run my fitness i mean not my fitness my um uh real estate business and then as far as e-commerce, I'm checking numbers to make sure that, you know, sales are going good, that, you know, just to, to make sure everything is good. So when you move up from the actual self-employed to actually being the person that's moving up to the manager and the entrepreneur, you learn to look at things as like managing teams and managing numbers and managing processes. 
So that's it's not too hectic. You just have to make sure stuff is going in the right direction. And if it gets off a little bit, find that ingredient to push it right back on track. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, and speaking of systems and processes, how, how do you, you know, how would somebody, um, how could somebody learn about that, you know, for their own business? I recommend them go get the book E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Okay. Um, he pretty much talks about um, how that basically changes your business. You know, McDonald's is the number one business that implements it the most mm. um, because, I mean, that's, you look at McDonald's growth. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. That's true. That's true. So, but yeah, systems and processes, I would make sure that you go read the book by Michael E. Gerber. And then after that, you'd have to do a little bit of research on your own to actually figure out how to implement it. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool, man. So, you know, what are some of your goals, you know, in the next five to 10 years? The next five to 10 years. Um, so in the next five years, uh, for the fitness studio, I want to have a hundred locations, mm. franchise locations. Okay. Okay. The next 10, um, breaking out of the U S going, you know, overseas with other, you know, com- uh, with other, in other countries and stuff like that. That's the goal. Um, and as far as my other businesses, pretty much those are businesses that I just kind of started up in my free time. So those, I don't really have as much of a, vision for them actually growing like crazy but those are actually the stabilizers and support of my fitness business okay okay that's pretty dope that's good that's good man um and, and so like you know with the, with everything that's going on now you know do you feel like things have uh as far as like profits have things went down for you or have things went up for you no so it actually went up so i've actually had um not to get too specific, but I'm making five figures a month, you know, mm-hmm. multiple five figures a month and stuff like that. So I've been able to actually have my profits go up, but that's because I became more of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. during this time. That's pretty dope. That's pretty Yeah. I, yeah, man, that's dope. That's dope. Um, so, I'm, I, how, you know, how do you feel now, man, like that, you know, you're, you're working for yourself. You, you have control of your own destiny. You can decide what to do with your time. You know, you ever sit back and be like, man, I am really doing this. Not yet, man. Not yet. Mm-hmm. I don't need, And I have caught myself feeling like that, but I'll always get rid of that thought because you should never. I feel like you don't you shouldn't feel like you've made it. I feel like people cut themselves short way mm-hmm. too early. OK, like you working for yourself. If you're still actually working for yourself, literally having to get up every day, you should not feel like you made it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has different standards. But I'm just, you know, yeah. I personally feel like, you know, giving back, providing people with jobs, opportunities, you know, X, Y, Z. That's when you're starting to really tap into entrepreneurship. And it gets it gets real deep. It gets very, very, very deep. But I don't ever I've caught myself like, man, you actually starting to make some real money. But then I'm like, but is this really your potential? You know, what what can you really do? You know, with the money to help other people, what can we bring? What can we push? Who can we bring on the team? And that's what it's about. Facts, facts, man. That's dope. All right, man. And, and, and so, you know, what would you say to somebody that wants to get into um, that wants to get into the fitness business um, or real estate or e-commerce? Like, what would you say to a young guy or a young woman that you know wanted wanted to do something like that? 
So I would say um, make sure to prepare yourself. Make sure to do your homework. Make sure to be ready to work extremely hard. Um, and like I said, just make sure to be able to look at look at yourself and uh, really actually be ready for a self-improvement journey because that's, it's real. It gets real. Mm. Okay. Okay. And, and one last question, man, before we go. What, what are some of the things that, you know, you – you sacrificed over this time period of, you know, being an entrepreneur? Sacrificed over the time period of being an entrepreneur. I would say sometimes you sacrifice a social life to a certain extent, but the, <laughs> the most important thing that you most, you most definitely sacrifice the first year or so is your finances. Mm. Money is tight. I don't care who it is. If they're first starting a business and they're doing it right and they're building, usually they're going to be sacrificing finances. So that's that's one of the biggest things that I've had to let go of, of learning how to, you know, reapply the finances back into the business, help it grow. And over time, you can start to really actually pull profits out of your business, which that's a different that's a different topic. But, you know, how you make your money and how much of it you make it once is going to really determine the business. And they don't they don't teach us about that in school. Mm, that's true. That's true. Um, and, and I mean, do you feel that, you know, do you feel like going to college? Do you, okay, let me say. Let me say this. Do you feel like it would be better to learn a skill or a trade um, if get out of high school or go to college? Which one would you? Um, you know, because you went to college and you you have skills. So I mean, which which do you feel is better? I think um, I personally am not a big fan of college. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's I think it's situational. You have to know yourself. Um, sure. I didn't know myself. I'm still learning myself. Of course, I know myself better than I did when I started college. But I think that it just depends on you and what you want out of life. You know, honestly, I mean, like I said, I never step on anybody that wants a job because we need people to work jobs. You know, it helps. But I just think that depending on what you want to do, the most important thing is to look at the person that's teaching you what you want to do and understand which one of the three are there are they i've ran into all three when you're talking about choosing a mentor there's three kinds you have a person that's observed the person actually doing the thing a person that's a textbook person which is usually most college professors and a person that's actually done it which is the person that's built the business and you want a trifecta you want a person that's went to learn from somebody a person that's actually done it themselves you want the trifecta but the most important thing is I'm not giving a clear-cut answer and I'm gonna kind of leave it vague like that. Ask yourself that. If you're teaching me how to build a business, but yet you're teaching me out of a textbook, what are my chances of actually being able to build one? Mm. If you're teaching me how to build a business, but you've actually dealt with a corona or a 9-11 or a 09, what can I take out of that? Because there's a lot of things that go on in business that are a lot more uh, complex than a textbook talking about how to manage your time, manage your emotions, managing people, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the biggest part. And it's, it's really complex. Learning about money is a really big thing, you know, cause mm-hmm. a lot of people work for, they work a lot for nothing, you know? So you want to learn how to actually stack stuff, get leverage, put stuff on your side. Mm, okay. Okay. And, and, how you know? How would you suggest that someone does that? I'll say last question there, but um, no, you're good, man. I got time. Yeah, you want to yeah. keep, yeah. Um, 
So, you know, how, how would you say somebody does that? Like, you know, as far as like learning about money, learning to manage money, um, like what, what would be the process for that? The process is to learn is just to make mistakes. Mm, That's okay. the thing that, so a lot of business is unorthodox, you know, it's, it's, uh, we want to make mistakes to learn because if, we, if we're not failing, then we're not progressing. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's by, you have to do it. So, so many people are scared to fail in business, but you can't be scared to fail in business. Now, let me get deeper on that. How much are you going to fail? I'm not saying why are all the money out your bank account? But what I'm saying is if we need to take a risk, we're going to test and take a risk and we're going to fail in small increments. It's not going to take us out of business, but we have some idea that the next time we put more money towards this, we're going to get the result. And usually in business, we have what we call, um, crap, what is it called? I, I, just thought, I just lost my train of thought. Um, feedback loops, feedback mm-hmm. loops. So if you ever noticed how the saying, the rich get richer, the poor get poor. Yes. I've heard that. It's learning, it's learning how to think about things, the feedback loops. You have to learn how to stack small wins, right? And the reason why the rich get richer, or the successful get more successful is because they have feedback loops, right? I didn't think that I could get enough money to go to a, a subleasing location, but I did it. Okay, so now I'm going to try something else and I get into my fitness studio. Okay, so then Corona hits me, but I've got another business making me five figures a month and I'm ready to scale up to six figures a month. It's feedback loops. And once you have that strong feedback loop, you're not, it's expanded. You're not going to go back down. You're not going to think you can't do it. It's a dangerous person. So you, you can't contract a spirit that's been expanded. The, the spirit that's withstood the test of times will not be able to be contracted. You'll always be able to have that within you where if, if a person is scared to fail, which they teach us that in school, you know, it's, it kind of, it, it, it contradicts what entrepreneurship is about. It's a spiritual journey. Mm, okay. So, so would you say um, the, the feedback loop, would you say that's like trial and error or is that different? It's exactly. Yeah. So it's trial and error. So it's, it's, I put $1 in, I got $2 out. Okay. Or it's I put one dollar in and I lost one dollar. Got you. You know, Got so I mean, it's it's the feedback loop, but it's it's more than just that. It's more of what you are as a person. You know, looking at yourself as a person on how you stack your wins. Usually, if somebody starts becoming successful in certain areas of their life, they become more confident. But I always tell people, man, like do something, just one thing. I don't care what area it is in your life. Just one thing that you don't think you can do. Just go out and hit it once. Your life will never be the same because you're not going to look at yourself the same. Right, right, right. That's dope, man. Well, man, Josh, I appreciate you, man. Not a problem, man. I thank you. Like I said, I appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, man, of course, of course. I I had to, man, definitely had to uh, reach out. I said, man, I got to reach out to my my guy, uh, Josh Gilliam. Uh, For sure. I appreciate you dropping these gems, man. Whoever listens to this, they definitely going to appreciate it. I hope they do, man. So, you know, yeah, guys, that's it for uh, this episode. Again, we had Josh Gilliam. Um, and we out, man. Until the next time. Peace. All right. Appreciate it. Peace, man. What's up, guys? It's me again. So tell me, what did you think about the show? I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, 
I would love for you to take a screenshot and tag at underscore the Black Wealth Media Pod and share this on your Instagram stories with your friends. That would be very appreciated. Also, go inside the podcast app to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a five-star review. This helps us get the message across all over the world so more people can listen. On top of that, I really do hope you guys enjoy the show. And I'll see you next week on the Black Wealth Media Podcast.